Well, greetings to everyone this morning in Jesus' precious name. It indeed is a privilege to be here this morning, and I want to welcome the visitors. Thank you for coming, Kevins and Wesleys and whoever else is here. As a visitor this morning, thank you. We're blessed to have you with us, and I hope you're blessed to be here. It indeed is a privilege. I want to also recognize the many people that are listening in this morning and watching in. Welcome, and we hope you will receive blessings from the Lord as well. Thank you, Brother Tyler, for that meditation this morning. I think history like that is tremendous. I think it's very good for us to hear those things and ponder what God is all about, what God was all about back there, building, having the children of Israel building a place for him to dwell when the heavens of heavens can't contain him, as the scripture says. However, he chose to allow them to build this building for his presence to be there. That's a tremendous thought this morning. And I had been thinking down the same lines. I want to talk about a bit of the same thing in the introduction to the message this morning here. I'm just trying to think how to tie the two together. This year, the year of 2020 has been an interesting year. It's about over. Especially in light of everything that has come, that has been thrown at, at us or everyone for that matter. All the natural calamities, wildfires, hurricanes, inland hurricanes that we had here in, in Iowa. Unprecedented damage here in this state. Along with Probably the same is true in Oregon and in California, I believe, had huge, huge fires. And so it's been, it's been a pretty tough year. And on top of that, or in the midst of all of that, we have this coronavirus that we're probably all tired of talking about and hearing what's, what's next. <clears throat> But I had, as I pondered all these things, and I'm sure not near all of the calamities that came upon the world in 2020, I think it's true for me to say, what's new? What's new? The things that are, were before. There's nothing new under the sun. You know, it may differ a little bit to a greater or lesser degree, but I think the things that we've experienced this, this year, others have experienced it as well to a greater or lesser degree. And we think, you know, this is bad, and it, it, and it is challenging. It really is. 
you know, fearful sights, fearful experiences for those that were caught in the storms and didn't know if it's going to take their house or burn their house down or blow their house over. Fearful sights were upon the earth. But uh, thinking about the, the virus now, you know, that too has its way of striking fear in people's hearts. You don't know where to go, where not to go, stay at home, should I stay at home, should I go, should I come to church, should I not come to church, is this little germ going to be there and get me? I don't want it, I don't want to get sick, I don't want to die, I want it to get it over with, but what if I get it bad, what if I'm one of those that, like Dale Gish, you know, that barely made it? Things recurring again. Things are getting worse in Pennsylvania, you know, and on and on and on and on and on the list could go. But this morning, I would just... Remind us that in the midst of all of this, we need to take care that we are not given over to fear. That's nothing new either, but I think it's something that we need to consider. And that somehow we learn to face these things that are upon the face of the earth with trust and hope and confidence and not allow fear to enter into our hearts. The Bible says that God has not given us the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear can be very destructive, whether it's fear of a little germ like the coronavirus or a a wildfire movement making its way toward my, my place or a hurricane coming in. And we are not to be given over to fear. Somehow, I believe God's children need to find a place where they do not give in to fear. Is fear is fear real? It definitely is. We can't deny it. We can't say, well, just get over it. Just, just don't worry about it. Just stop fearing. It's for, for many, it's not that easy. But it's still God's will that we do not live in fear. Romans tells us you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, or Father. We are, we are exhorted to pray in, in, in Jesus' sample prayer, Our Father. And if we have a right relationship with our Father, Brothers and sisters, doesn't that help us not to fear? 
when we have a right relationship with our Heavenly Father. Ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The beloved Apostle John taught us that there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. So the closer we get to the Lord, the better we learn to walk with the Lord, the better, the, the better we learn to cast all our cares on the Lord, the less we will fear. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. And then he goes on to say, fear hath torment. And I'm sure all of us here know what that feels like. To be gripped with fear. Probably all of us have at one time or another experienced that. Where we were gripped with fear. And it's, it has torment. It has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. And so I'm not saying these things to put anyone under condemnation who is struggling with fear or anything else this morning. But here's my, here's my, my thought this morning, if I can make it plain. <clears throat> Jesus, uh, Brother Tyler was talking about the temple, and I, I, I uh, asked Larry to make sure I'm correct in this. But many, many years later, over 400 years later, Jesus, now entering into Jerusalem, making his triumphal entry there, riding that, 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 uh, that donkey into Jerusalem, he goes into the temple, and this is the same temple now that Ezra had built 400 plus years before, even though... Larry told me Herod made some changes to it, but it was the same building. 400 years later, this house that God had built, had the Jews built the second time, is still standing. And Jesus now makes this triumphal entry, and they're they're calling him, uh, they're, they're, they're crying out to him, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? As Jesus rode on his donkey into Jerusalem, and he made a terrible uproar there. And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And he said unto them, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer. But ye have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple And he healed them. 
And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased. And he said unto them, Hast thou, here's thou what? And they said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus saith unto them, Yea, have ye never read, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. And so my question to us this morning before we get into the message is, like Tyler said, we, our bodies here this morning, are now the temple of God. Our bodies are now the temple of God. And, and some of those scriptures that Tyler read there in the end, what we should be doing with our temple, how we should be keeping our temple holy and undefiled and separ- separated from, from the things of this world. I guess my question to all of us this morning, here this morning, for us to ponder is, what would Jesus find in my heart this morning? If he were to come in here this, in, in this building and, and, and search our hearts, what would he find? Would he find fear? And that's kind of what I brought that up for. Would he find fear in our hearts? Fear of the future. Dearly beloved, this week I, I had a customer walk into my office. And we talked a long time about a building, and he ordered a building. And he laid $5,000 in cash on the counter to pay, make the down payment for the shed. He bought, a, he bought a big shed. Anyway, now he said, there's one more thing here I want you to know. Before he walked out the door, he said... Uh, when are you going to start building this shed? I said, well, it might be a week or two. Well, he said, I don't want you to start it before a week for sure. And here's why. He said, I don't know what's going to happen in our world. This deal might, this deal might fall through, he said. He said, my wife and I are both on Social Security. And if, if come January the 21st and we wake up to a socialistic society, I don't know what I'm going to do. And brothers and sisters, I literally saw a fear come wash down over that man's face. He was gripped by fear of what January the 21st holds when Joe Biden takes takes the office. I hope there's no one here that is involved that deep that it affects that way. But there's many things, many hucksters, like we're at the temple here selling their wares, selling their doves. There's many hucksters today that are trying to sell us things. Their their theory, their idea, their prediction of what's coming. And I'm just 
concerned enough this morning to, to ask to have ourselves think deeply. How involved am I in matters of, of this world? How involved am I in my spirit? Are other things crowding out what really my heart should be full of? Jesus came into the temple here and said, It is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer. My temple should be a spontaneous uh, prayer going up to God. A right and a warm and a friendly relationship with God. And I'm just going to go as far to say for myself, I, I figured out not too long ago that the more I get involved, the more I, 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 I look at the news, the more I get involved, I think the less I pray. That's for me. And, and so, how, where are we at this morning? Not only on that matter. But other matters, what would Jesus find in our hearts this morning? Are there issues there? We have many scriptures that tell us Jesus can't bless us if there's issues there. Jesus wants to come into a meeting like this and bless us. Amen? I believe with all my heart he does that. He came and this was the first thing that comes out of his heart. When he goes, when he goes into this temple and he says... Look at this. My house shall be called a house of prayer. And he, he, he cleans that out. He upsets the tables of the money changer. He drives them out. And then he starts healing. Did you notice that? Then he starts healing. The lame, the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. I don't know about you, but I have such a longing this morning for for God to do that, for God to come and heal, for God to come and meet our needs, for God to come and make us whole. Amen? I have a desire, I have a burden for that. And this whole thing dawned on me. And I just thought it would be good this morning, maybe at the beginning of the, beginning of the message, just to, just to have a prayer and, and lead us and, and allow each one of us in the secret of your own heart, say, God, this is a need in my heart that I know hinders you uh, from, from working. If I harbor unforgiveness or bitterness or a whole host of things that we know hinders the blessing of the Lord, uh, shouldn't, we, shouldn't we give that up? Shouldn't we consider, say, Lord, just come and clean my heart out of these from all these other distractions and, and things. <clears throat> you know, there's, there could be so many things. So many distractions, so many voices calling for our attention. When the beautiful temple of God's house lies practically prayerless. That must grieve the heart of Jesus this morning. So I wonder if we could, if we could in a moment here kneel together. I, I hope you followed all that. 
feels like I kind of jumped into it. I hope you followed all that. But, but I hope that you can, in the quietness of your own heart, be honest where you're at with this whole thing about our hearts, my heart, your heart being the temple of the living God. And how much time and how much attention am I giving to other things? And I'm neglected this, the, the, the one thing needful, if you will, that Jesus cares about in his house, and that is that it's called a house of prayer, a house of worship. I wonder if we could do that in our hearts this morning before we go further. Think we could do that? Just, just open your heart to the Lord. Let's just open our hearts to the Lord. It's been a difficult year. And the end, the end, I don't think is here yet. It could get a lot more worse, couldn't it, as far as COVID is concerned, and, and, and other issues for that matter. Dearly beloved, will we have the spiritual uh, 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 stability to make it through? Will we have the one thing needful to make it through? When, when, when mandates and restrictions are put upon us and we have to decide what we're going to do, it could get to that. When father or mother ends up getting COVID and, and dies, it could come to that. People are dying of COVID, people that we know. But, you know, as much as we wouldn't want that to happen, dearly beloved, Death is not the end of the road for the child of God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, we want to live. We'll fight it till the last breath. I'm sure every one of us here. But dearly beloved, I think it would be good if we would make that resolve, if we would think it through. You know, if this thing comes upon me, one thing I can't do is go into a mode of fear. It's okay. God's going to see me through. Either I'm going to stay here with my family or I'm going to go home with my heavenly family. You know? I don't know. I don't know what 2021 holds. I don't know. But this I know. This I know. That we should give attention to our temple that I know. With all the mirage of things that are coming against us, all the pressures, you know, all the challenges, <clears throat> we need to keep our temple clean of huxtures that say, look at this, buy this, consider this, hear this, hear my philosophy, philosophy hear my theory. I, I tell you, and brothers and sisters, this little thing that we hold in our pockets, our phones, has amplified the ability to, to know knowledge. I was pondering that. That is no little thing. We can find things out like never before in history. And the, the amount of information upon us is staggering. Right? It is staggering, dearly beloved. Let's go back a hundred years. You know, it might have took 
A long time till some of this news would have ever reached our ears. I mean, we can travel around the world and know what's happening in a moment. Dearly beloved, think of the overload upon our hearts with the ability to just page through and see all that information. I think it's a pretty serious issue. I think it takes so much of our time, or it can. It can. Maybe it doesn't. God bless you if you have seen this thing for what it is and you have guarded and praise God for that. It's a, it's a handy tool. Many of us run our businesses with it, but it is also a mighty, mighty, mighty tool. And it is a mighty strong huckster that wants to sell us a whole host of other things. And Jesus would like to come maybe and turn those tables upside down in our hearts this morning. I don't know, but I just know if we, if, we, uh, if we sit at that table too long, I think we're going to get spiritually hungry. We're going to get spiritually famished. So I give that as a concern and an encouragement to consider as we spend some time praying this morning before the Lord that he would have a clean temple that he would have a glorious temple in my heart, that he would get glory out of my temple, that there would be fellowship in this temple. Oh, I I hope you're with me. I hope you can feel and understand and, and perhaps have the same burden this morning in your own heart and that I'm just affirming what you already feel. So let's kneel together for prayer. And I just ask everyone to pray with me in your heart. O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God of Ezra, that talked to Ezra about rebuilding that second temple. And, oh, God, we bow before you this morning. You know every heart here, mine included, Lord. And we know the Bible says that in the end times, men's hearts shall fail them for fear for the things that are coming upon the face of the earth, God. And we don't want to be of that number, Lord, where our hearts fail. Oh, God. So we bow before you here this morning, Lord. We allow you to walk in our temple. We allow you, Lord, to point at things you would like to change. You would like us to let go. You would like us to get rid of, God, in in our hearts, Lord. Worldly things. Worldly attitudes. Oh, God. Things that are there that we know shouldn't be there. Things that are affecting the house of prayer. Oh, God, we bow before you this morning. Search me and try me, O Spirit of the living God. Have thine own way, Lord, this morning. God, 2020 has been difficult, Lord, for many of us. We don't know what the future holds, Lord, but 
God, we want to be in such a place that we have no fear. No fear of the future. Perfect peace. Perfect confidence, Lord. Perfect rest. Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Lord, if there's anyone here like that this morning, I pray that you draw that heart to yourself, Lord. Lord, if there's a fearful heart, I pray that there could be an openness and a confession in their heart and a realization and a healing, Lord, there this morning. Touch that heart of fear, Lord. Fear of the unknown, fear of the future, fear of tomorrow, fear of next year, fear of the coronavirus, Lord. Oh, God, heal those hearts, Lord. Heal those hearts, God. God, we want you to work, Lord. We want to come together in a house like this and experience healing and help and where our needs are met and where we find life and joy and peace. Oh, God, as we collectively come together at God's house. Lord, you have your way in all of our hearts, God. We want to be your peculiar people, your special chosen people. We want to love you more. Oh, God. Lord, we... We just trust you for this, Lord. God, we want you to walk in this temple here this morning and and clean us up, Lord. Yea, even right now, Lord, as we wait before you. Pray that every heart could be honest with where they're at, Lord, with where we're at. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord. God, we we trust you, Lord. We trust you. You're doing a good work this morning in us. and You're accepting our offerings that we bring to you, Lord. You're accepting our confessions. Lord, you're accepting them and you're healing us. I trust you for that, Lord, this morning. Thank you for your healing. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Amen. Oh, so be it, Lord. All right.
And now for the message. I'd like to talk about the hope of heaven this morning. Blessed hope. And felt it needful that we do this little exercise before we go into the message. The Bible says that the whole creation groans and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruit of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. That's what we're looking for. When this body takes on a new body, and we experience the full redemption that God has for us, This is indeed a blessed hope. You can turn in your Bibles to Titus chapter 2, and we'll read a couple verses there to start. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. Titus 2, verse 11, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. This is a tremendous passage of scripture here. It's a tremendous passage of scripture. Paul tells us here in his writing to Titus that the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men and it's the grace of God that teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust and so on. That's wonderful. When the grace of God teaches us those things. And beyond that, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Someday, this old world is all going to pass away. And we will see the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's a blessing. I hope that's the anticipation that all of us have this morning. That's the expectation and that's the confidence that this is going to happen. And we need to keep that thing clear in our mind. 
looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and Savior Jesus Christ. That's the title of our message this morning is Blessed Hope. Blessed Hope. What is the basis of this hope? What do we base this hope on? Is it just because years and years ago I accepted Jesus Christ and became a Christian and gave him my heart? Well, that is part of it. That indeed is probably the foundation, that's the beginning, but it's more than that. And if you would turn with me to Colossians chapter 1, we'll show us here what is the basis of this blessed hope that we can be ready to meet the Lord when he comes. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 and following, And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and not be moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, Whereof I, Paul, am a minister. Going down to verse 27. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This morning, dearly beloved, it's Christ in us that is this, is the, is, is this hope. Jesus taught there in, uh, in John 15 about abiding. This is so important. He said that, let me turn there. He said about abiding. It's more than a one-time experience way back then when we first met the Lord. But Jesus says here in John 15, verse 4, I am the, uh, abide in me and I in you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. Dearly beloved, this is the basis of our hope, is Christ in us, the hope of glory. A living reality a daily experience. We need to keep our Bibles dust-free. Amen? We need to stay in it. We need to keep at it. We need to keep abiding in Him. Abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself. I believe this takes effort. This is the basis. This is the grounds of this hope 
that we will have a good experience meeting him when he comes is if we can say Christ is in me. He's the hope of glory. I'm keeping that number one. I believe it must be that way. What is it that we are hoping for? Think about this. What is it that we are hoping for? I'm going to go back to Titus again. For this point. Is it streets of gold? Is it the pearly gates? What is it that we're hoping for? In Titus 3, verse 7, it says that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Dearly beloved, we're hoping for eternal life. Perpetual life. Just on and 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 on. Perpetual life, that is our hope. Everlasting life. New bodies that will not perish. That is the blessed hope. That is what we're hoping for, eternal life. And we have tasted and we have, we have received the down payment, if you will. We have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, but... Oh, dearly beloved, the half has not been revealed to us. What is in store for us, I believe. But what we're hoping for is that eternal life, world without end. Dearly beloved, we don't want to miss it. We don't want to be found wanting. We don't want to be found too late like those uh, foolish virgins that weren't prepared for his coming. So this morning, dearly beloved... We need to learn to abide in Christ. And then going on to the second point there, we have that hope of eternal life because the alternative is not a good one. To be away from Christ forever and ever and ever. But that is what we're hoping for. Eternal, perpetual, everlasting life. Imagine with me taking a step and finding out that you have just stepped into heaven. This is it. I'm here. Just think with me of taking hold of a hand and you find out it's God's hand. Just think with me of taking in a deep breath and finding out you've just breathed in celestial air. Think with me of feeling invigorated and finding out it's immortality. This is it. Immortality. Hallelujah. I'm invigorated and it's immortality. Think of passing from 
storm and tempest which we all are facing, and it could get worse. But think of passing from that into an unbroken calm. Beautiful. Blessed hope. Blessed hope. This is what we're hoping for. And all of that forever and ever and ever. Number three. What does this hope offer the believer now? Hebrews 6.18 says, We might have a strong consolation. We have comfort. Dearly beloved, this hope offers a believer comfort. We have the Holy Spirit that has been given to us as a comforter. Amen? This hope, this blessed hope, dearly beloved, if we're not, com- if we're not being comforted, if we don't receive that consolation from the Lord, if our hearts are full of fear and worry and distress and perplexity, something is wrong. This hope offers the believer consolation, the scripture tells us. Amen? This should be our experience. And this is the burden. And this would be one of the griefs, I believe, of Jesus as he walks into our heart and says, Why are you so troubled? Why are you so distressed? Where are you getting all this information from that is making you like this? What are you believing? What are you listening to? What are you feeding yourself with? This blessed hope offers a strong consolation. And I'm telling you, we need it these days, don't we? We need it these days. We need that comfort. Let me finish the verse now. We might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. And believe me, we need that too. An anchor of the soul. We read Martyr's Mirror. We see how those saints face uh, death like soldiers, how could they do that? It was because of this. They had their soul angered in Christ and they knew to, 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 to give their life is just the doorway into his presence. They knew that. They were angered in Christ. And you know, for what lies ahead of us, we need that too. And we don't get it from reading the newspaper. We get it from reading this right here. We get it from abiding in Christ. We get it from prayer. We get it from singing, lifting up our voices and singing God's praises. We get it from worship. That's where where this experience comes from. We get it from the word of God. My house shall be called a house of prayer. Let me finish the verse now. We might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anger of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. We have one in heaven a mediator who understands us. 
a high priest who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And we can come to him and we can cast our cares at his feet. He understands and he mediates for us. He intercedes for us. What a blessing. Number four. How does this hope affect the believer? Turn with me to 1 John 3, please. You will. This hope affects us in this life. 1 John chapter 3. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. That's something beautiful to ponder. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Think about that, dearly beloved. As we we consider and meditate and ponder our, our sonship with God, You know, the world can't figure us out because it couldn't figure Christ out. We're of a different spirit. We're of a different world. Let's remember that right now. We we operate by different rules. We get excited about different things. Yes, we're in this world and we need to deal with it. But, oh, dearly beloved, as the world couldn't figure out Jesus so they shouldn't be able to figure us out until they are born again, until their eyes are open as well. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. Hallelujah. Glorified saints, it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Look at verse 3. Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. There's that rule in our hearts. Dearly beloved, there should be that rule in our hearts. I have this hope of heaven. It's a pure place. It's a place where purity is, and therefore I cannot do this. I cannot say this. I cannot buy this. I cannot have this. I cannot act like this. I cannot respond like this because I have the hope of heaven. There's another verse that says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. This hope affects the believers that they purify themselves. Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And then he says something pretty pretty sobering. It's in the context of his coming. And he says, He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He which is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. In other words, what we are is what we will be, is what I take from that scripture. 
So that behooves us to, as we ponder this hope, blessed hope, hope of everlasting life, as we ponder that, we allow that to purify us. We shouldn't need a rule. We shouldn't need a man-made rule. You shouldn't look at that picture. We shouldn't need that. Not if we have this. Amen? If we have this, we don't need a man-made rule. You shouldn't want to do that. Not if you have that hope of heaven. This should be the rule. I think. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye might abound in hope. Through the power of the Holy Ghost. Romans 15, 3. I'll close with a poem. Heaven at last. On the jasper threshold standing. Like a pilgrim safely landing. See the strange bright scenes expanding. Ah, tis heaven at last. What a city, what a glory. Far beyond the fairest story of the ages old and hoary. Ah, tis heaven at last. Christ himself, the living splendor. Christ, the sunshine Mild and tender, praises to the Lamb we render. Ah, tis heaven at last. Blessed hope. Dearly beloved, let's not be weary in well-doing. As Jesus comes to our hearts and he, and he comes into our temple... Let's let him clean us up. We'll never be sorry. Amen. God bless you.